0: Good morning, everybody. It's 10 o'clock on Saturday, and we have our amazing guest on today for Sweet Talk Saturday. And let's see if we can get him on here. Seconds. Good morning, everybody. Almost ready. Just waiting for our guest this morning. vegan that loves food. What's up? Good morning. Good morning, Donuts Imperio. <clears throat> good morning, Alana Sky. Good morning, Miles World. Jack and Harry, good morning. Waiting for our guest he should be on momentarily uh, I was just chatting with him so he should be here any moment now we have Brazil hola from Brazil or hola to Brazil not from Brazil All right, here we go. Black Label Donuts is here. Let's get them on. Connecting. Good morning.
1: Hey, Brian. Good morning. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. How
1: are you, chef? I'm freezing my tuchus off. (laughs) <laughs> it is currently, according to my thermometer, it's 26 degrees right now. So uh, yeah, welcome to winter. <laughs>
0: I know. I used to. I lived in New York for 27 years, so I
1: uh, I moved to Florida
0: to get away from that.
1: <laughs> You're stop reminding me. I hate you. <laughs> I I had. A, I don't even have to go to the gym anymore. It's just like my workout every winter. I'm just shoveling snow these days. That's it.
0: Well, um, thanks for joining me this morning. Um, Everybody that's watching, we have Chef Richard Ang of Black Label Donuts on today. And, um, you know, I've been reading a lot about you and I've been, uh, I saw you on the Instagram Live that you did in November. And um, so tell me a little bit, let's, for those that don't know you, um, how long have you been in the culinary game?
1: Uh, so, I'm talking to you, uh, trying not to freeze in my car right now, <laughs> but we're going to do the best we can. So, uh, please bear with the audio and uh, whatever sunlight that's reflecting in and out of off the car right now. Uh, so, I, it, it's a funny story. Um, this whole notion. That, I, that I'm, I'm, I'm a nobody And I ended up getting on this list Of absolute best donuts in New York um, You know, it, 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 all, it all really stemmed from This one really super selfish desire To please myself, you know The whole impetus behind Black Label was You know, making something that I would want to eat every day That, that was really it
0: mm-hmm.
1: And then, you know, my first pop-up opportunity that was given to me i couldn't open the door i knew the cafe that was hosting me they were open my my um my assistant at that time he had gotten there early waiting for me he had set up the table i couldn't even see the guy there are 30 people behind this door this is the reason why i couldn't push the door open and that's when i realized holy moly I think I'm on to something, and this is something that I have to keep doing because I have to have people share these, and I have to share these things with everyone, you know, it's, it's not something I could ever stop, um, you know, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm blessed to have made something that, you know, people recognize instantly, and, and it's just, a, it's a piece of Americana, mm-hmm. you know, between hot dogs, hamburgers, uh, pizza. Donuts, you know, it's, it's something that's never going to go out of style. You know, I, I think that's one of the greatest things about having gotten myself dirty with the idea of, you know, fabricating these things. is, is the fact that, you know, they've been around for so long. You know, everyone in their, at one point in their lives are, are going to have donuts, yeah. pizza, hamburgers, and hot dogs, mm-hmm. without a doubt. I don't see how you cannot hmm. have any of these things at least once in your life. Sure. You may not like them, um, but I think you're at least at least going to dirty yourself one, that one time in your life.
0: Sure. So what with um, so it was in N- Nipponcha was where you did that's right. That's where you did your pop ups. Do you do you still do them there, or are you doing them now in other places? Oh uh, no no no, I
1: I moved on. Um, I got a little too, you know, big in that in that space, and so what happened was I had to. I had to evac, I had to get away, because, uh, you know, I, I I, basically, you know, I outgrew the space, the mm-hmm. line was so ridiculous, um, you know, and, and granted, I was there during service, I wasn't there before service, and there right. were open lunch and dinner, I, you know, I tried to get there within a reasonable amount of time to prepare, finish all the donuts, and then then the line started to grow and grow and grow and grow. This line would cut through the lobby from the back of their coffee and tea bar through the restaurant, stink outside, and then go down about two or three restaurants to the side of the entranceway. And it got to the point where I had to shove people into the lobby. That didn't work. Then I had to shove everyone outside. And so the line got longer and longer outside. And I think... You know, all of that attention helped me. You know, um, a lot of it is just um, word of mouth. I think I'm lucky because when you have pop-ups, you know, you're, you're relying on a lot of people's trust, you know, mm-hmm. their ability to share, disseminate the gospel that my donuts are actually something worth trying and that you're going to want to meet this guy and see the crazy look in his eyes when you show up on his line and it's worth waiting on the line. So I'm, I'm really, really super blessed to have all these crazy fans that are willing to wait on this line. At its peak, the line swells about 30, 60 minutes long, and I feel bad when it's winter, you know, I mean, this is a New York winter, you know, New York City winters are brutal. Um, it's not like California, um, you know, I mean, if, if that was the case, it'd be easy, you know, people would be lined up all the time, but... I'm glad that I have got a better system than before, but a lot of it was just a lot of trial by fire, trying to figure out, you know, how can I get these people serviced and not have them waiting in the freezing cold at times. Right. And and the, and the crazier thing is that I'm so humble when I see these people waiting outside. They're on the, my line, sometimes with their kids and their strollers, and they're bundled up like I don't know how many layers these people have on you know on and in the morning when there wasn't anyone really working in the restaurant, I would I would, you know, go outside and I'd look at these people and say, What are you doing? Come on in. <laughs> I mean just there's no reason to be standing outside. It's just and then they'd look at me and go, Wait, we can wait inside? <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> Holy moly, come on.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. So what what makes your dough so so special and different from you know some of the other shops that are that are around what what what's your
1: dough consist of that's a really great question so you know for me my my personal the personal um style that i'm most in love with is brioche full brioche that's something that i noticed was not readily available um you know really anywhere around here and i'm in queens new york um so the thing is I I would drive normally 30 minutes all the way to Brooklyn and New York City just to find a you know a proper properly made a proper donut and I just felt this is just nonsense I just couldn't believe the fact that it was so hard to find good bread and good donuts around where I was and I said you know I'm just going to go on this crazy binge and I'm going to try to you know taste everything from here to the west coast and I even had someone crazy enough to actually bring me donuts from Korea because I wanted to try this chain and I wanted to see what, what was so great about this chain. Um, you know, granted, distance, timing, um, temperature, cabin pressure, who the hell knows what happened to these things. Um, you know, uh, you know that's, that's another reason why I don't like shipping donuts. Right. I just feel like, you know, there's something lost in translation. I, I just think... Number one, what I do is brioche, and, you know, I've I've kind of figured out, you know, pushing the limits on overproofing, underproofing, trying to understand bread science, because I'm a science guy. Mm -hmm. If you understand bread and how methodical, how many variables you're always trying to control, um, then you understand that, you know, you're basically reaching for something called kaizen, which is a Japanese philosophy for you're always shooting to try to maintain perfection or you're trying to achieve perfection, but it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. You're always chasing this, this, um, it's an unobtainable state that you're constantly, constantly trying to achieve. Um, but all you can do is just try to get a little closer and try to get a little more consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, but now we're getting a little more technical and um, I'm sure everyone wants to hear more about the aesthetics and more about the taste <laughs> profiles and all the crazy things I've done. Right. Um, but going back to your original question, a lot of it is just I, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for brioche. I love bread and a lot of people forget that donuts are bread if they're made in the yeasted manner yeah. versus cake style, which again you know, I don't find fault in cake donuts. I just feel like a warm cake donut is something that I love to serve in the wintertime. You, you get there early if I make some cake donuts. And, um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock your socks off with my cake donuts. But I choose a good brioche donut over a cake donuts any day.
0: Same here. <laughs> I'm a sucker for the brioche as well.
1: <laughs> Birds of a feather. <laughs> so where, so where are your, uh, where's your
0: next pop-up uh, plan? Do you have any plans right now or where, what's happening right
1: now? I I don't have any plans right now. You know, I'm going to be totally dead honest with you. And I think, you know, for the longest time ever since I got back from Paris and London, this is another unusual um, cultural difference that I observed right off the bat there. Um, It's not a thing. You know, donuts are American, you know, um, institution, livelihood, um, cultural, you know, phenomenon. There, you know, it's interesting how over the holidays, when I was there before Christmas, you had a lot of, man, I couldn't even begin to tell you how many mince pies and um, um, Eklis cakes I saw when I was in London. And then Paris, you know, it's, it's always going to be a shootout between the Claire's, Napoleon's, Perry Paris, Paris Breast, um, you know, chouquettes, Cats. You know, anything that's made with, you know, pate you know, so-called AKA um, uh, cream puff uh, dough. You know, it's, it's just different. Um, it, it's funny how, you know, you look at all the chains that we have that are making donuts. And yeah. I, just, I just find it really, really funny that you don't realize these cultural norms or differences until you do a little traveling, a little, a little more snooping and eating around. And, and this is something that you, you realize. Between all the chains that we have, it's not even close to what is, you know, available over in Europe, it's, it's just not a thing. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then even worse is the fact that we're, we're so lucky to have all these artisan donut makers. It's not a thing in Europe. It's, it's very, very strange. I think in Scandinavia and Denmark, I think you're starting to see a few of these artisan bakers. Mm-hmm. Um, they're making them as part of the lineup of their baked goods, but it's not... You know, it's it's not their their thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 not it's not the it's not the big sell. It's not. I, I would I would say that cardamom buns. You know, if we're if we're going to talk about cultural difference, yeah. more it's more of a thing. The cardamom burlers. I'm I'm pretty sure I just butchered that word, so <laughs> forgive me, Danes. Um, yeah.
0: Um, so there, uh, there actually, I actually had somebody on the on the show um, from Paris, Bone Shaker uh donuts
1: yes <laughs> i just looked at that interview and i do know of them Yes. Yeah. unfortunately i got there too late and they were closed i never had a chance to stop by and say hi introduce myself and try anything on theirs yeah um but i'm glad you were able to actually reach out to them despite the distance and the time it's, time zone
0: it's unbelievable i mean the the way that you know this is taken off over the last you know during this pandemic it's uh I mean, it's just a chance to reach out to others uh, around the world and see what other people are doing and how they're managing and how, what type of donut styles they have and, you know, what, you know, what they've done during this pandemic, how they transitioned, what, you know, to stay afloat, you know, during these times. So, um, so a little bit back to your story now, um, and you don 't have to talk about it if you don 't want to, but two thousand and eighteen you know you had a pretty traumatic situation happen um, what uh you know were you were you every every Sunday at a you know having your pop up and it happened after one of those events that that you were um, robbed at gunpoint and all that stuff happened
1: you know um, a lot of people don 't realize the extent of the the trauma you know and a lot of it was uh mental uh a lot of it was uh having to deal with um you know it, it's there's nothing worse than you know getting a gun shoved in your face because you're, you 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 you're pretty much resigning to your the fate of the universe whatever whatever happens happens and i think what The biggest, the biggest, uh, you know, the the biggest thing for me was back then, as soon as that gun went off point blank in my face, and it was by no means a small gun, it was a nine millimeter Smith and Wesson, um, that came over my shoulder and went off in my face. Um, I knew my life was going to change for better or for worse. Um, You know, when 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 you hear that someone gets shot in their face, you know, you're imagining, oh, you know. The bullet hits the guy. No, the, I, I, I ate the energy of the gun. I took it full on in my face, and it shattered my right side.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you can call me Logan. Uh, you can call me Wolverine, whatever the hell you want. It's not, I, uh, it's not admanium. It's titanium in my face now. I have a plate, mm-hmm. and this is bolstering the orbital floor under my eyes because I needed to put support back in my face after that gun went off. Uh Lips split nose broken because the bullet went this way as i turned my head last second so it pretty much just grazed the tip of my my nose but it was enough uh energy and, and enough tra- tra- trajectory that broken my nose um shattered my face uh face was blown wide open um you know this is something that i had to kind of kind of come to terms with uh immediately for quite a number of days, I laid there in my hospital bed, not wanting to see anyone, not even my mom, um, only because I was so afraid of w- how people would react to me and if it was something that I psychologically could not cope with at the time mm-hmm. and you know this is something that I only talk about with my closest friends, but it 's been a while and It's not like I have a lot of trouble talking about these things, detailing them, Um, but it's interesting, all the dark places you end up going psychologically, and I told myself that I'm going to have to really, really prepare myself physically and mentally if I'm ever going to come back, because as the guy that's normally at the front of the line um, recommending or helping people, suggesting what flavors of donuts people should try, and it, you know, something that I prided myself being able to do, that is to take care of my guests, my customers, um, that's a fine dining thing. I don't know if you ever noticed that at all. But we like to use the term guest versus customer because a customer, if you think about this really quickly, is the person that you never, you might more than often never see again that goes through the drive through mm. Very little customer or guest experience, that is. I guess as someone that you bring into your home and as someone that you hope to see again, Mm -hmm. if you've done your job, well, there's no reason why that person wouldn't come back and wouldn't want to be taken care of by that same person who took care of them the first time. Um, So I think, you know, again, part of me realizing that if I can't be the face of Black Label now, who's going to do it? You know, I almost felt like it was something that I had to come back and take care of immediately, sooner than later. And um, I was so afraid of losing traction. Just when I had gotten into Grub Street um, on, you know, on the New York uh, Magazine website, I was also featured in um, Edible Queens. And they did, uh, you know, the, I, I was the big summer feature in that issue. Um, you know, so for me, I you know, I felt like I was standing on top of the mountain only to, only to get literally kicked off of that mountain. And then I was really, really scared about what would happen if I couldn't come back months later.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so part of it was assessing how comfortable I felt in front of people, having to wear gauze and bandages, um, you know, just realizing that, you know, it, it's it's going to be a different time in my life now. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be the same person as I, I, I was. I hope I could be the same person with the same level of energy, same level of, um, you know, um, appreciation for being able to survive the attack. Right. You know, the ambush yeah. occurred to me at 2 a.m. when I was trying to get out of my car. But at the same time, realizing that, you know... Um, you know, st- stupid, stupid thoughts enter your head. You know, when a gun goes off, and you start to realize, you know, um, you know, when you look at someone, you know, are they looking at me? Are they looking at the donuts? Are they looking at my scars? What are they really looking at? You know, what do the kids see? You know, a lot of it is dealing with. You know, it, it's it's kind of like, it, I think it, in psychology, it's something called the looking glass self. You you're sometimes you think you know what you look like or what your perception of yourself is to people, but it's really not because you have all these different ways of looking at yourself through your eyes, through other people's eyes, you know, through your own inner eye. I didn't, I really didn't know what to expect from people, especially their kids.
0: Yeah. Um, So what, uh, what's, what's your plan for the next pop-up do you have like I know that you did one out on Long Island in November um when when are you thinking about doing another pop-up and where where do you think that pop-up would be
1: I am I am uh in the process of still um finishing up the face um still getting more plastic surgery uh it's been a long trying two and a half years trying to um you know, just bounce from doctor to doctor. I've had, you know, a total of, you know, reconstruction and four surgeries already, um, you know, as a consequence of having that gun go off. You know, I knew this was going to be a long road to recovery. Uh, I still have to fix my tear duct, which has somehow unmiraculously healed itself over after one attempt to fix it. So I still have to fix the tear duct and my sinus. So I have to go see... Um, you know, um, an oculoplastic plastic surgeon, as well as the ENT. Um, so I guess that's another reason why I haven't really tried as um, well. I haven't tried as harder as I should have to re- to have reboot rebooted BLD. I um, I think you know using this time right now between surgeries and and during the pandemic, you know, has has really really forced me to you know, go back and exercise my brain, um, if not harder than what I had set out to do originally. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of also allowed me more time to think about how I want to plan expansion, how I want to actually manifest BLD into something that's going to be more of a brick-and-mortar space. Sure. Um, I think the toughest thing for any, anyone trying to strike out on their own in terms of starting their own, you know, businesses, how do you take your brand, and how are you able to encapsulate everything you've ever wanted to um, put on a plate um, in front of people? Now, in, in in front of a window, in front of a, well, in front or inside of a counter, or on a counter, um, you know, I've been thinking about, you know, what does PLD, um, if you're just joining us, obviously black label donuts. What does it mean to me? Um, in hindsight, maybe I should have named it bakery um, over donuts because I, you know, there's parts of me that always feel that I just pigeonhole myself <laughs> for having kind of adopted the moniker BLD versus black label bakery. Um, that's not to say I can't change it. You know, it's right. a trademark, obvious reasons. But I think I think uh, pop-ups wise. Um, I'm I'm chomping at the bit wanting to get the donuts back out. I mean, I've I've missed some big opportunities when a lot of people asked me for catering, um, for engagement parties, for weddings even. Oh, my God. Um, I've had two occasions when people wanted donuts for their weddings in New Jersey, and um, that would have been no easy feat. But even trying to understand the logistics behind trying to run um, my first pop-up in Patchogue, few weeks back, um, inside of a brewery where my friend, Chris, um, the head brewmaster when he revealed to me that there was no kitchen, um, (laughs) I had, I had, I had to, I had to make do. I had to figure out what kind of a menu am I going to serve? Am I going to be able to do donuts? And if I can't do donuts, what else am I going to be able to, you know, um, offer, you know? So, um, It's not to say that I couldn't have done just the bakery pop-up without the donuts. You know, a lot of things crossed my mind. I ended up using his um, saison, his his Belgium um, ale, um, you know, farmhouse-style ale um, to make pretzels. So I made everything pretzel. Um, That
0: sounds good.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, When you, again, when you don't have fryers, you know, you make do. And part of me going that route was trying to figure out if I can't, go crazy with the full-on team and a full-on menu, um, how can I, you know, how can I kind of pad the menu with other things so that I could actually kind of, um, pay reverence to in terms of beer making, beer ingredients, um, the, the, all the great things that Darling Brewery, uh, is producing, you know, I, I, obviously had to, you know, I had to give thanks, I had to give, you know, I had to pay tribute, um, but I think a lot of it um, goes back to realizing that every time you do a pop-up in a different neighborhood, in a different area where they're known for something, like when I was in Astoria for the first time, um, when I wasn't at Bear Burger, the big chain known for their crazy you know, styles of burgers, yeah. and I was at this Greek owner's small little gelato and pastry shop, I made my first baklava donut. So I went, you know, and I, and I also experimented and I played with other Greek ingredients. I played with something called mastica, which you, if you don't know what that is, someone eventually figured out they can make a liqueur out of this. So it's a very, very piney, resiny kind of um, sap that comes out of the trees over there in, in Greek, uh, Greece. And so I decided to use a little bit, a little bit of this. And I made some kind of a pastry cream um, lightened pastry cream with the filling um, made from this uh, flavor profile um, so I think it's 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 always nice to kind of go and touch and give you know um, thanks to the people that have hosted me and mm-hmm. kind of go back and kind of you know pay a little reverence or uh, tribute to the neighborhoods that have welcomed me in um, as you know, as the new kid on the block with, with the newest pop-up.
0: Sure. So what's your, um, what's your favorite favorite flavor profile for a donut that you've uh, created?
1: Man, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think you asking that loaded question to any, anyone who's <laughs> uh, in this business, it's like asking who's your favorite child. You know, obviously that's not fair. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attempt to answer that as best as I can. Um, I can go, you, I I can definitely go and fill you in on the fan favorite. By far, there's no close second or third, um, the Macho Creme brulee. The first time I made that donut, um, I, I, it it was a donut that I knew was going to make or break me. That's the donut that was officially my game changer, um, to this day, I don't think there's any other donut that I've made that doesn't give me enough oohs and ahs. Um, there was a time when I, when I, when I offered um, someone who'd never had my donuts and was totally unsure of what to try one of my rosemary sugar lemon olive oil curd donuts. And this lady literally had a... Um, Basically, I told her, please keep it down because there are kids and families and you shouldn't curse in the middle of a restaurant that loudly. (laughs) Um, Basically, she said, you know, WTF, if you can figure out what that means.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: You know, basically, yeah, there have been times when I wish I could actually Facebook Live these moments, but then I realized, well, I'm going to have to censor some of these videos. (laughs) Um, But there have been really funny reactions from people who – they, they really didn't expect to have that kind of visceral reaction eating one of my donuts because I think a lot of it stems from the fact that I, I, try, to, I try to imagine a donut that you can finish without coffee and tea. Mm-hmm. If you understand this, then you understand what I'm, I'm, what I'm merely suggesting is I like things that are balanced and nuanced. It's kind of like when you make a cocktail, but when you're using three ingredients versus seven ingredients at the end of the night, are you really going to be able to taste all seven ingredients in that seven-layered, so-called seven-layered ingredient cocktail? If you're that good, hey, you know, <laughs> I tip my hat off to you. You know, that's, that's going to be a pretty amazing uh, feat to pull off. Right. Um, in my fanciest donuts, yeah, you're going to see maybe three or four flavors at most. It's not to say that I'm not going to be able to kind of replicate some of the same, same flavors that exist in, this, you know, in these, some of these donuts. I just think that, you know, going back to my fine dining roots, less is more, and I think that, you know, um, even with some of the crazier things that I've tried to, to replicate, replicate, either from ice cream, um, chocolate bars, or bonbons, or even cocktails in donut form, that is, um, I'm, I'm basically wanting you to understand that it always goes back it, it's always going to go back to my dough first i don't want the dough to be just a vehicle again if you understand this then you understand yeah. that a lot of times people pad their donuts they throw a lot of unnecessary things yeah. and at the end of the day you really don't even taste what it is that you you if you're lucky enough to have mastered you you just you've lost all that handiwork yeah. Because you're dousing it with sugar, glaze, Jesus Christ, breakfast cereals, candy bars. Mm-hmm. That's not to say I don't like Snickers. I do. I love Snickers. I grew up on them. Um,
0: but you know, I, I, I hear I, you. I like,
1: yeah, it's like it's yeah, all about I, the I like Reese's. I like Reese's, you know, Reese, Reese's pieces mm-hmm. just as much as the next guy or the next kid. I, I've got a little you know, inner fat kid, believe it or not, in the skinny body too. Um, I just think that what I did with the donut was I decided to go back to bread basics. Um, if you understand this, then you understand that, you know, I, I thought my dough was that kind of, that kind of wonderful, that kind of good, that if you've ever had my so-called Jibachie, which is the not so, not so simple, um, Orange sugar donut, then you're going to understand what it is that I try to do in every one of my donuts. Mm -hmm. Because this is a donut that has orange, the essence of orange, three different ways. I go out of my way to dry, that is to desiccate fresh orange peels. The shortcut is to use a microwave. Um, It really dries things out really fast. Or if you have, obviously, all day, you can use an oven. Or if you have the money in the space, obviously a desiccator, something with fans, kind of like a small, kind of like um, low-powered convection oven that will help you dry anything from fruit peels to whatever the heck that is that you want to dry dry, uh, in layers, that is. Um, But basically, I put the orange um, zest into the dough. I'm using orange blossom water. the dough has been finished off with the orange sugar that uses fennel seed as well as aniseed. So this is nothing more than my version, a revamp off of a classic Provençal uh, sweetbread called gibaché from the French or yep. uh, you know, um, um, culture, that is. Um, but I wanted to actually make something that was a little more um, perfumey, a little more longer, um, more memorable. So that was my take on Jibashe. I had it once when I was in Portland, and it was something that was so elusive. And I, I, for the life of me, I don't understand why this is so hard to find. If you can find this pastry, I su- highly suggest you find it. But the normal Jibashe recipe is nothing more than usually orange blossom water, and I think it's usually just aniseed. It just, it's, it's, it's pretty simple at its core it's so pronounced when you have this beautiful pastry.
0: So now I'm going to be on the hunt for this, <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's, it's, a hard, it's, it's, a,
1: it's, it's a tough one to find.
0: Yeah. Um, so have you ever had a situation where you're like, you have these, these thoughts about, you know, what fla- like an unbelievable flavor profile, and you start to create it, and it's like, oh, my God, this is terrible. <laughs> have you ever had that experience?
1: You know, I, that's that doesn't get asked of me very often because I, I think people kind of know that usually a lot of the brainstorming, a lot of the thought processes um, that occur before anything gets even um, initiated, that is to say R and D, research and development, a lot of it just you know comes from here. You know, you're you're you I'm I'm as a chef, as as someone who is wanting to constantly push the envelope. Um, I mean, if we're going there right now, I have a sauté donut. I'm a huge fan of sauté. And there are times when I eat things that are too sweet for me, but they're also savory. And I would think to myself, damn, this would be such a great thing to use in pastry. And that was kind of what, you know, gave birth to the sauté donut. And, you you know, I've seen a lot of crazy things in my career you know, things that people may or may not have recycled from way back in the day when Japanese restaurants were trending in the New York City dining landscape. Um, more recently, someone figured out, you know, they wanted to play with the idea of a soy sauce ice cream. And again, it's, it's not something that's too crazy. You just have to be able to back off or know when to back off. Put the brakes on something that's really really savory um you know when when you talk about soy sauce, sauce yeah it's nothing but a salt bomb just like miso in my sticky bun i use i combine orange zest a lot of a boatload of freshly shaved orange zest um and then i touch it with white miso and i'm doing this because Versus using salted caramel, I'm using the miso, and I'm making a toffee mixture out of this, basically a praline mixture. Mm-hmm. And um, damn, I wish I had one of these, one <laughs> of these for for your right now, um, for you to try. I mean, this this thing is so ridiculous. And if I'm gonna shame myself a little bit now, okay, I don't often do this because, you know, it, it's a really humbling thing to say that there are times when. I would look at things and I wanted to discard them. And then I realized, wait a minute, um, what if we just turned this into something else, you know, versus just throwing them away because the quality wasn't all there. The uglier donuts that I actually would sometimes come across, things that were sometimes overproofed, I would turn these into my sticky buns. And if you've ever had one, you'll understand because sometimes these things get... They, they're so fugly, okay? I'm, I'm not going to lie, okay? But when I throw a lot of things on top and I mount these things with, with a boatload of pecans, and these things are so, you know, un, they're so not uniform. They're just, they're about the size, of, like close to about, about the size of two-thirds of my face. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you can literally cover my face with these things. Um, it, it's hilarious that... This is how I decided to come up with the idea of making these into, like, sticky buns, Um, only because I could, not because I really wanted to, but I I had to figure out a way, you know, like, what do I do with some of these uglier-looking donuts? Um, So that's what gave birth to these orange miso-pecan sticky buns. Going back to the idea of the worst things that I've ever made, I can't say I've actually made anything that I could never sell because like I said earlier, a lot of that creative process starts in the in the mind. Mm-hmm. And it's usually weeks and weeks, if not sometimes even worse, months and months before I decide that I'm going to actually start, you know, getting dirty
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I'm going to start working it out little by little to see how I can dial these flavors in. And a lot of it is, you know, when I use the term dial, dial in, you know, it's a barista term. If you understand coffee, mm-hmm. then you kind of understand that it's about how much sugar and how much salt and how much acid can I actually get away with in order to balance all, out all the flavors and how, what, what ratios do I have to keep playing with before I feel that it's the perfect layer of the flavors that I want in order for you to actually go home at the end of the night or at the end of the day and say, this this might be the best donut I've ever had. You know, again, not everyone expects curry sugar to work in a donut, but this is something that I always remind people, that if you understand that sometimes uh, bananas get used in a curry in order to tame the heat of a curry, to tame the fire of the chilies, and it's not withstanding, it's not, it's not totally out of place to, to hear that fruit gets used in a curry. Um, and when I came up with the Funky Monkey, which is nothing more than a curry sugar on the outside of the donut, with the peanut butter, um, peanut butter banana custard, um, you know, having fun with the name Funky Monkey... You know, I I I couldn't come up with a better name than that. You know, it's yeah. it's yeah, it's a little funky. It's curry sugar, but <laughs> when you when you eat the whole thing together, even if I didn't have that peanut butter banana custard in the in the center of the donut, I think it'd still be, be a pretty damn interesting donut um, to to try as just a regular plain sugar donut.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, your, your story is incredible. Your donut flavor pairings are incredible as well. I mean, I've been looking at all these donuts that you've posted, and I can't wait for you to come back and, and have a, you know have your ne- next brick-and-mortar shop soon so once this pandemic's over. You have no
1: idea. <laughs> no idea.
0: Um, so that this way I can come there and uh, try all of these donuts and um, – so what are you doing now? Like what's uh, what's on your you know, I know that you're you know, working on uh, getting healthy and all that kind of stuff. But what are what are you doing to pass the time in this pandemic?
1: I um, that's a great question. Um, I other than a lot of R&D and there's always going to be a lot more R than D, mm-hmm. a lot more research and development, You know, obviously, for those obvious reasons. Um, you know, I, 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 I tried selling things out of a jar. I, I, I wanted people to have longer-lasting items during the quarantine, during the pandemic. I figured, um, you know, a, a, lot, a lot of it was based on the fear that I wasn't so sure that I could still get away with selling boxes of these things. And I would joke with some of these people, sometimes they would walk out with boxes and boxes. And I would joke and I would say, listen, I better not go online later. And I better not see these things on eBay or Craigslist, <laughs> black market, black label donuts, you know. Um, but I, I knew for a fact that these people were sharing these things, you know, with their friends and family, especially when they're getting up early and having to brave that line at times. Yeah. There's no reason why you wouldn't want to, you know, put out the word and pick up extra boxes of these things to share with a lot of people. Um, and so, you know, again, you know, I, I salute everyone who, you know, you know whoever waited, on, you know, the craziest of lines, on my lines, and um, during the winters, during the hot summers, um, yeah, with their kids. um, If there was ever a time to thank everyone from the bottom of my heart, you know, um, you know, there are so many times when I wish I could have taken better care of people. You know, I did what I could. You know, there are times when I would offer, um, you know, water in the summer or, um, you know, just whatever I could hot tea or hot chocolate in the winters. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, again, you know, a lot of this is just from my fine dining experience, my fine dining background, you know, if there was ever a way to thank, you know, someone, um, that had come back, um, to wait again on that line, you know, uh, there was even more reason to thank these people, you know, who would, you know, obviously become part of the black label, you know, family, you know, people that I would, you know, um, keep seeing, um, over and over again, um, Again, I can't wait to see what Black Label, um, you know, um, is able to pull off in the future with a larger team, with a bigger space, better logistics, obviously. Um, you know, it's, it's, this has been something that I've been working on in my head for a really, really long time coming. It's not something that you wake up every day and you, you thank the universe for, um, you know, it, it's, it, it's not something you hear about every day either that you can get up every day and say, you know, things could have been a lot worse. You know, that when I turned my head the last second and I knew my life was going to change for, for better or worse, I'm so lucky that that split second that when time froze, you know, and I pretty much resigned my faith to whatever it was going to be from that moment on. That things didn't happen um, more worse than it could have been. So I'm glad, you know, I still have my all my mental facu- faculties. I'm still glad I still have all my vitals. Um, <coughs> you know, a, a lot of things that night went wrong, and mm-hmm. you know, um, but at the same time weeks and months after that, a lot of right things occurred in my life. And so, you know, I, you know, this is something that I can't imagine or would ever want to happen to any other human being out there. You know, literally when someone says, you know, you, my friend, you dodged the bullet. It doesn't get any more literal than that. Yeah. You know, if I showed you the extent of the damage um, you know, the, the trauma pictures afterwards, I don't think you'd be able to sleep at night, I don't think most people would have the stomach to, to tolerate what mm-hmm. happens after a 9 millimeter goes off yeah. in your face um, but I noticed that um, you know, a lot of it was fascination wanting to see how is this guy doing yeah. after all you know, after this whole ordeal you know, a lot of people were, who knew me came up to hug me, to shake my hand. A lot of people showed up. My first, very first pop-up after I came back, after I decided to resurface, that is. Um, for weeks, for months, I disappeared. A lot of it was because I couldn't do much. My jaw my was broken. Mm-hmm. My, I couldn't eat for half a year. I don't I don't know if people can un, actually understand this. My jaw was wired for 4 months to let all the fractures heal in my face. When the wires were removed, I couldn't open my jaw because my jaw had fused. And then I realized holy shit how am I going to function as a chef? I can't put anything in my mouth. I can taste, I can drink. But I physically can't put anything, slip anything. I couldn't even slip a finger between my teeth at the time. And little by little, millimeter by millimeter, I was able to stretch my jaw. It's still not perfect. It's still not what it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still working on it. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how to get there um, so I can eat more normally. Um, um, but, yeah, it's, you know, it, it's, not, it's people not understanding fully what a person goes through because – you only hear that he got shot in the face. You know, maybe the guy got shot from a distance. You would, you're, I don't think most people's brains could really fathom that a gun could go off in someone's face because it was jammed point blank. So that and the fact that when I suffered some kind of um, this major scar ban, I was really worried about my sense of taste being um, somewhat um, restricted not 100% again, because I was so scared that I wouldn't be able to ever get to 100% because of some physical defect after the scoring set in. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that it, it's, it's come back. Um, respiratory, you know, slight respiratory issue aside, um, I'm glad it's come back. I'm, I'm, I was also mortified when I realized I I had trouble opening up bottles, you know, even to drink something, I had trouble opening up my water bottle because I injured the nerve. Apparently somehow I injured the nerve in my right hand, grabbing things, heavy things was an issue. Um, So all of those things prolonged my recovery to coming back to the first pop up. And I I can't begin to tell you how happy I was to be able to take care of people. And that line was, was ridiculous.
0: That's, that's great to hear. And you know, yeah. you're, from what, from what um, I don't know if you scrolled through like all these comments, uh, you know, you're, you're an inspiration to, to many out there, um, you know, pushing through adversity and, you know, continuing to thrive during, you know, it's something, being put in that situation is, is incredible. So, you know, again, uh, I mean, it's been a pleasure having you on my show today um, I can't wait to be able to try your donuts, because <laughs> they, they look, you know, things, they, the way they look are, are incredible, is, is you know, it's something that you don't see very often. So um, stay safe, keep pushing, everyone go follow uh, Black Label Donuts on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and you know, make sure you're checking out to see when the next
1: pop-up is going to be, because
0: you need to be there.
1: Thanks so much for your time. And, um, yeah, I'm just really, really glad you were uh, able to get me on here and I, I could learn more about what you're doing with these uh, Saturday uh, 10 a.m. Uh, donut talks. It's a really great thing that you're doing, and I'm glad uh, someone's doing it. So, you know, I, I think uh, we need more donut stories out there. And whoever, whoever didn't get a chance to have their uh, question answered in the comments today, um, I apologize, and uh, definitely shoot me a DM or shoot Brian a DM. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, let's keep following uh, both Donut Bragger and Black Label so we can see what the future holds.
0: Definitely. it's uh, It's been a pleasure, and I look forward to meeting you in person soon.
1: Thanks, Brian. All right, take care. Have Happy holidays, everyone. Happy Bye-bye. Holidays.
0: Bye-bye.